gets away from Kante, plays down the line for Suarez. 98 team of the year, Suarez. He's a big chance. Ramos. Suarez, what's he going to do? Tries to feed it back. Is that going to come to Ronaldo? Just trying to get a foot on that, maybe. Pull it now. The man that Bullock loves. Half turn there from Torres. Vieira back to Suarez on the finesse. And there we have it. The Bullock is in London. He turns around. He celebrates the Bullock. He had a plan and he's performed it. You're listening to the Foot Champions podcast with Richard and Brandon. What is going on? Welcome back to the Foot Champions podcast. Week number 11 we're on now. We are in to the double figures. We're past week 10. We're here for week 11 with another Top 100 Pro, another guest. Uh, of course, your host, Brandon Smith, myself. Next to me, that man, Richard Buckley. I said to him at the end of last week, go and play your weekend league games, Richard Buckley, and come back with a 40 and nil. Rich, how did the weekend go, mate? The, uh, the 40 and nil did not get hit, unfortunately. Um... I will not be competing uh, at the next event. The, the top 64 dream has crumbled, but I guess today is not struggling. We're not going to get Colin on this week. He unfortunately cannot join us, but we've got an upper echelon guest, haven't we, Brandon? We have indeed, and obviously he's part of, you could say, the LinkedIn with the Stark uh, esports team over there. Obviously, Zebo over there doing some great things of a number of German clubs. One of the first teams to get into esports, one of the first real football clubs. Uh, in the German scene uh, was Wolfsburg and one of their main players that has had a lot of success especially last year and moving into this year as well is uh, Timo Timox so however you guys uh, pronounce it I'm sure uh, we're lucky to be joined by him he was in Barcelona uh, Timox welcome to the show how are you? Thanks man um, I'm good how are you? Very well indeed and obviously you're back from Barcelona now in February qualifying month how are you feeling first of all talk to me about Barcelona was it overall, I think you was top 32, obviously not enough to, to get yourself in the playoffs, but still you got yourself out of the Swiss-style format? Um, yeah, I got out of the Swiss-style uh, Swiss format. Um, I had to get used to it first. Um, I lost my um, second game already, so I was 1-1. Then I was 3-1, um, so three wins, one losses. Then I lost two games in a row, which made me 3-3, uh, three and three, so I had to win my last game. Um, which I won in the end, um, so it was very close. But um, yeah, after looking back at it now, after one one month, I think um, I'm happy with my performance. I think I played quite good, but not as good as I could. So I try to improve uh, for the next event, which I hopefully qualify for, and then we will see how it goes. And I was actually watching the game that unfortunately did lose to go out of the tournament against, uh, I believe, New York City, Chris. Yeah. Talk to me just about that game in general. Like, um, what was the final score? Were it five one? Two. Um, I think even more, like six, six two, six one. One of What this. happened in that game? <laughs> um, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I've never played him before, and um, the way he defends, um, I've just never seen this um, ev- anyone doing in this world because he never really attacks by himself. He's just um, he selects the players and puts them into the right position like he puts a CDM into his CDM spot and then just he lets um, the CPU defend um, on their own and I didn't really know how to counter against that I didn't really know how to score a lot of goals Um, and that's why I only scored I think a corner and a long shot Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah he really dominated me he played um, very good possession style and um, he was very dangerous in attack so 
I had nothing to do against him. I played him in the Swiss style format as, as well. <laughs> I lost very unlucky. So I had like five chances, didn't score one and he scored um, after every chance of me and uh, he won like 5-1 as well. So I was pretty scared to be honest after realizing that I have to play him in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, didn't really know what to do against him. And obviously the Swiss style format was a new tournament format. We used to see and you could say at the highest level in competitive FIFA. <laughs> what did you make of the Swiss style format? Coming into the tournament, was you a little bit nervous about it? Or was you thinking, it gives me the chance if I do have a bad start to the tournament to, to turn it around and, and you know pull through in the end? And as you said, you lost three, won three, and you had to go to the deciding game <laughs> in the end. What did you make of the Swiss style format? Well, um, I think there are a lot of pro players um, and like 64 top players and the Swiss style format is very good because if you lose two games in the group stage um, you're basically out so um, you can lose two games maybe even lose your first three games and then come back and win four because um, yeah it's just the way of um, coming into the tournament getting to used to the gameplay and this uh, sometimes takes quite a while but with the swiss style format um, these kind of things can be ignored and you can just try and get used to your gameplay after a little bit of time and while we've got you here uh Timo, i want to talk about your teammate at that uh, tournament salzor <laughs> because he was perfect in swiss style yeah. what, what happened to him in that in that in that round of 32. well I don't know, I think he just had a very, 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 very good day um, um, the day before the round of 32 playoffs. Um, but I think he was just very unlucky. He played against another German guy and he was 3-0 up after 30 minutes, I think. I think. Um, and then he just kind of bottled it. But yeah, he was pretty unlucky. Um, I think... Um, if he would have played like the two days before, he could have won the whole tournament. But yeah, it's just how it goes. Finding your form at the perfect time, really. Like, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of the guys who uh, went fine in the competition on the Swiss style format. They didn't. They didn't do the best. Um, DH Tex who went on to win it. I think he went finished five and two in Swiss style, and then at the peaks of the tournament, that's where he really performed his best. Do you think in a tournament setting, it's all about? playing your best FIFA at the right time. Yeah, that's it. And linking into that, I know we spoke to Salzer as well, and you know when he was off the cameras, as much as he is, you know, he's a very uh, humble guy. He said, I'm just getting lucky, as you said. It's just like, I'm just having a good day at the moment, because it's safe to say, you know, Salzer's been around for a long time, um, and he does get to all the big events, but for me, I've never seen him maybe dominate so much on that first day. Do you think it was maybe like the preparation going into the event that helped him or was it just, you know, a luck of the day, would you say? Um, I think maybe the two things combined. Um, he had, of course, a very good day, but that's what you need um, to win uh, at a big, uh, a big event and you just have to prepare yourself as well. So he did a lot of preparation. Um, I've, I've talked about uh, with him a lot about um, how he's preparing and we had a boot camp together. Uh, with our agency Stark Esports um, and the esportlers of Stuttgart, Bochum, um, so Megabit, uh, Dr. Rahano, Marlut, and all these guys. And um, yeah, he was performing very well um, during this boot bootcamp. And he tried a lot of new tactics. So he tried five at the back, uh, four, four, two, 
So he just was very um, yeah, able to counter a lot of different playstyles, and I think that's what made him um, do the perfect run in the group stage. But I think he maybe had some problems against um, the German guy Testo Tier because he was very unknown before as well, and um, no one knew how he really plays. And yeah, Mo uh, Aubameyang beat Testo um, in the Swiss Star format, I think 7 2 or something. And um, the day after in the playoffs, Mo uh, only won 4 3, I guess. So um, FIFA is, as we said, a lot of. Um, um, daily daily uh, performance and that's what maybe knocked Zeltzer out and you spoke about some of the, the best really best German players there yourself Salzor uh, Megabit Marlott Dr. Ahano what is it do you think there's any reason that you can put down to why Germany particular is you could say dominating the FIFA scene at the minute like do you practice together is it good training before a tournament like what would you put it down to why the german nation is doing so well at the minute well um we have four different seasons of german championships per year so um we play against each other a lot in competitive um games and that's what helps us a lot i guess i don't think that there are that many um championships in any other country so um we have to compete against each other each other um, on a high level every month I guess uh, sometimes even every week and that's why we keep playing on a high level um, against other pro 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 players um, yeah very often that's what helps us um, putting up our gameplay and obviously let's go back to November um, qualifying month which if you didn't know uh, was the main qualifying month to get into Barcelona uh, the event that just went past you finished 55th uh, <laughs> overall there so Technically, nine spaces just in um, uh, to qualify for yourself uh, over on the PlayStation side. Talk to me about that month, you know, break it up into the four weeks. Which weeks did you do well in and which weeks didn't you do so well in? Well, um, November was, the first week was very hard for me because I had to decide whether I go to the EASWC and um, take part in this tournament and, yeah, maybe... Um, struggle in the weekend league or if I don't take part in the tournament and play the weekend league at home um, I decided to take part at the tournament in Paris uh, so I had to play my first weekend league in Paris uh, backstage somewhere and um, yeah that was like the worst decision uh, in my FIFA career I guess because I was on 8-0 and then someone just unplugged my console um, from the power station so I've got my first loss through that then um, I was on 17-1 I guess and um, then the internet disconnected in the whole area so I got my second loss um, then I lost to another guy um, which was yeah fair I guess then I was on 17-3 um, and then I just stopped playing there because I couldn't really concentrate and um, the settings and the environment wasn't that perfect as well so um, yeah, when I came home on Sunday night, I had seven hours to play uh, my last 23 games, which I luckily won in the end. So I finished on 73, uh, 37, 3 for the first week, um, which was, of course, not perfect. And then in the second week, um, I had another disconnect. So I had four losses 
and um, I lost another game as well. So I had five losses after two weeks, um, which was yeah very, very hard for me. And I didn't really believe that I could still make it. But I got um, two 39s in a row and yeah, that qualified me in the end. So I had a very, very unlucky month. Um, but yeah, I was really happy that it still uh, was enough in the end. And I want to take you to this qualifying month now during February. Uh, you started very, very strong, I believe. 79 wins, is it? Out of 80 so far? Yep. Um, is there anybody who's standing out for you? Is there any of the new prime icons? I've seen a lot of people using their Ronaldinho. He's coming to a lot of people's teams. Is it a similar team to what you used in Barcelona? Is it different to your November qualifying? What's been changing in your in your team and ultimate team? Um, I think I had a very good team um, from the start of FIFA 18 because I had a lot of FIFA points and um, yeah, some pack luck. Um, but at home I have the same team as I had in Barcelona. So um, unlucky um, that I don't have the prime Ronaldinho yet because I don't have enough coins for him. But um, yeah, I have like the best team you can imagine apart from the 94 Ronaldinho. I have Timothy Ronaldo, Timothy Messi, R9, Henri, Julit, Vieira, Timothy Ramos, Marcelo, De Gea, Maldini and in from Valencia. So my team is pretty decent, I'd say. And um, of course, it helps me a lot um, to qualify in this month. Next question on that is how much do you think that team affects your performance like does it give you that extra couple of wins in the weekend league i think it just gives me um an extra boost of motivation and self-confidence um because if you see this team and you see your opponent's squad and he sees my team i think he just doesn't want to play anymore um and if i see his team and i see he has like griezmann dembele and martial um in the attacking third I don't, I'm not really scared because I have Timothy Ramos with like uh, 95 pace and Maldini who will easily beat his um, attackers. So I rarely concede a lot of goals and uh, scoring goals with Messi, Ronaldo and Ronaldo is not really that hard. So um, I have to admit that my team helps me a lot. And yeah, I think with a lower team, uh, <coughs> like a two or three million team, I think I would be able to qualify as well, but it would be, of course, a lot harder. So maybe, uh, you know, depending on how you can describe this as such, there was, you know, a player, for example, at like DH Techs, he came into uh, Barcelona with, if you, if you remember, or you would have seen it on the social media, he had a completely different team to what he played with in Barcelona. If you were to give advice to a pro that you could say had two to three million coin team, and then came to Barcelona, and then obviously, as we know, could use any item up to the 18th of January. Would you say go and use maybe like say if you can use a prime Vieira and at home use a, a normal one? Would you would you say go and use those higher attacking players or, or higher rated players, or would you say you know play with what you know? Mm, I think it's all down to personal preference. Um, um, me, for example, uh, in FIFA 17, I always had. A pretty bad team at home because um, I wasted all my coins for SPCs and packs and all this stuff. Uh, so when I came to events like Berlin and the FIWC, um, seeing these teams and being able to play with these teams was like a dream for me because I really didn't have um, the players at home. So um, I always took the best possible squad because um, you get used to this to these perfect players very fast and. Um, if you're not getting used to them very fast and you don't really like them, you can still 
switch your team around and maybe build the team you have at home. So my advice is to build um, the best possible team um, for the tournament and then after one or two games, if you realize mm, it doesn't really fit my playstyle, you can just go back to what you play with at home. One thing that I want to throw back to um, was last year, Timo, you seemed to get to the, all the major finals pretty much on the PlayStation side, but it was just at the last hurdle um, that you couldn't really get over. What, are you going to put that down to anything? Do you think it, it's maybe a mental thing, or do you think it's just the people you're playing against in that one-off game were just a little bit better? Um, I don't really know. I don't think um, that it's a big mental thing. Um, because if I play tournaments which are not really that major big tournaments I um, mostly win them so um, I don't really have problems while playing a final but I think um, uh, for example Dito uh, in FIFA 17 he was <coughs> very good and I just really hate to play against him because he is like a, a possession player just like Didi Cuslito and um, I don't really like to play against these kind of players so um, I think I was pretty unlucky um, uh, in the game itself and of course with the opponents. So Dito, um, I didn't really like to play him. Then Schultz, um in Berlin, he was a very good player as well. Uh, and um, yeah, I was a little bit unlucky in this game as well because it went to penalties um, after I had to win two games and he only won because I came from the lower bracket. Um, yeah, so I was pretty unlucky in the game and with the opponent as well and obviously looking back to last year oh in general was you really impressed with the year you had because you know looking at your record now uh, obviously did really well in Paris did exceptionally well at the foot champions final where me and Rich off one of our first games on the main stage we commented over UV Salzor yeah and then and then you had a fantastic uh, you still had a fantastic, you know, if you look at an overview, you had a fantastic time in London at the uh, at the FIWC Grand Final there as well. Overall, was you really impressed with the year you had? Mm, yeah, of course. I think um, this year is, was just the best year I ever had. And I really think that it's very, very hard um, to um, make such a year again or even close to this because... As you said, I've been in every single final um, at every major tournament. So um, this haven't been like tournaments where only two or three pro players play. It have been the best tournaments in FIFA 17 and I've been in every final. Um, and I think the only thing that could make um, something better is me winning uh, a big, big major tournament. Um, like Barcelona and these kind of uh, tournaments this year or maybe even in FIFA 19 I'm 20 years old so I still have a lot of time to play but yeah FIFA 17 was just um, amazing for me and I realized um, how good I've been in FIFA 17 after I got defeated in Barcelona because um, in FIFA 17 it felt quite I don't want to say normal but um, quite um, happy or maybe even normal to be um, go far in a tournament so um, after getting defeated in Barcelona I realized um, that I'm still not like the best best player in the world and I still have to train a lot and improve a lot and that you have to improve every year and that every year um, there are different top players um, who will be at the top in the end of the year.
if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to at Foot Champions Pod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also while I've got you, why not check out this podcast's more casual older brother, the Foot Weekly Podcast, for in-depth reviews, team of the week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. Before the podcast started, you said that you wanted to uh, play Gfinity later tonight. With the because a recent introduction, the reintroduction of uh, Gfinity and having competitive matches against other pros, that's got to be a massive help to you coming into these events that you can play in a competitive uh, setting against other pros. What are some of the things that you've learned maybe from playing in uh, the Gfinity Cups against other pros? Is there any little tactics that you've picked up? Any corners, free kicks, stuff like that? Um, to be honest, um, tonight is my first Gfinity Cup uh, in oh FIFA wow. 18 <laughs> because um, yeah, I always uh, forgot to sign up or I didn't want to play. But tonight and uh, Thursday I will try to play because I realized that there's some prize money at the end as well. And um, yeah, if you play these kind of uh, tournaments or friendlies against other pro players, um, which I prefer to be honest, um, you will learn a lot because if you uh, play against players which you have never played against they always have some um, special things you've never seen before um, for example i played against a german guy last week which i have never played uh, against before and he had an insane corner tactic so he just passed it short and then did two or three trick, uh, quick passes and then he was through um, on goal every time and i copied that tactic now and um, yeah, so these kind of games always help a lot to uh, sneak some new tactics. And whilst we were on the topic of Gfinity, of course, doing some really good things. And if you didn't know, uh, they are part of the global series going forward with their elite season uh, number three, which FIFA will be involved in. You know, if we go back, uh, Timo, to you know the, the times of uh, Team Acer, for example, I know you and Dr. Hano are part of that, and you were in uh, the Gfinity arena, which used to be. Uh, obviously not called the Gfinity Arena is now, you know, the Play Like a Legend tournaments like that, you know, those back then, I think that was back in 2015 maybe, 2014, yep. like, they they were the main competitive tournaments back then. So, like, if we talk about FIFA in a, in a five-year period, a four-year period, have you been impressed with it? Because you've gone from $3,000 tournaments to, you know, $200,000 tournaments. Like, how have you seen the progression? Well, the progression is um, insane. Uh, if you see the Pelic Legend tournaments, which I qualified for in FIFA 16, I think, um, there have been like 200 to 300 players which tried to um, qualify. And now through Food Champions, um, I don't really know, there are like 100 million. Yeah, <laughs> these kind of... Um, numbers and that just shows how much FIFA esports has grown in the past few years and um, I'm just happy to see um, well I'm happy to be a part of it and I'm happy to see um, that it grows uh, from year to year and I'm excited to see where it is in um, like five to six years. And uh, linking on to that uh, Atima obviously you know Team Acer did fold in the end and did finish on that. Talk to me about you know how Wolfsburg came about because Wolfsburg, I believe, were the first football club 
I, I want to say, uh, getting involved in FIFA esports. Yeah. Um, and obviously Dave, by the way, a good friend of ours too, obviously was part of that transition. Um, you know, how did that move come about for Wolfsburg? Like, how long was you in talks about it? Did you know it was going to happen, or was it kind of out the blue? And you know, yes, please, I, I want to sign for for Wolfsburg. <laughs> uh, so, I just won my second um, German Championship title uh, at the end of FIFA 16, and um, I had a contract with my agency, Stark Esports, um, which have already been working with Wolfsburg for a year that time and um, Wolfsburg was looking for another player um, who is good at um, yeah good at the game and who will most likely bring trophies home and um, they didn't really look at uh, social media stats and stuff so um, I didn't really have the best social media so like Facebook YouTube and stuff um, but they wanted as I said the player who wins tournaments um, so I was the one for them because I just won, um, as I said, the German championship and I had a contract with my agency already. So yeah, I um, went to Wolfsburg, had a good date with them, <laughs> I'd say. And um, yeah, we've talked for like two hours, three hours. And after the, after the conversation, I already knew, okay, um, this will be it. Um, they are cool guys. And they are all like 20 to 35 years old, so they are pretty young as well. And this will be a cool time. And if they decide that I will be um, their player, I will uh, most likely say yes. And you, you are playing with two other players at Wolfsburg as well, Dave, by the way, and Salzor. What's uh, training with them guys like? Do you, do you practice before tournaments? Do you play a lot of games? Um, yeah, sure. So if I practice, um, I'm most mostly practice against Benedict or Dave um, and if they don't have time I will look for other pros um, but yeah we, we try to share um, tactics and new corners and new free kicks but of course we are still uh, rivals in the end so we have to watch out um, what we say to each other because if I give Benedict the best possible corner tactics and he scores three of them against me in the big big match and I'm out then yeah I will be pretty pretty mad because then I think I shouldn't have told him about that but um, yeah I think you understand what I mean <laughs> have you ever matched up against uh, either of them two guys on foot champs uh, foot champs not yet now no but just Benedict in Berlin the in first Berlin, group yeah. match so like we talk about this quite a lot um, Obviously, you've mentioned about your teammates, you know, you practice with them quite a bit. What's it like as well? You said about, you know, as a possible rival, uh, if we if you meet up at a tournament. But, you know, what's it like having Benedict? Obviously, you're, you're probably a bit more close to, to Benedict, obviously, both in Germany. Um, and obviously, Dave is there as well. How important is it to have that kind of team vibe of, you know, supporting each other through the tough times as well as the good times? Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, in Berlin, for example, after Benedict got defeated in the groups, um, he was standing behind me every game um, during my playoffs and he gave me a lot of good tips because he's very um, um, yeah, experienced is the right word, I guess, because he's playing since so many years and he's played a lot of tournaments. And um, yeah, he was always the guy who I was able to ask because I was pretty new and um, yeah he was always someone who had a good advice from me same as Dr. Rahano um, who was the 
perfect mate for me during the team Acer time because I was um, new to the scene. Um, I just qualified for the first um, small tournaments in Germany and yeah, he was already playing uh, since like a hundred years and he always gave me very, very good advices and I'm very thankful for that today. And I try and ask uh, every pro who comes onto the, onto the show, recently we've seen uh, an influx in coaching in FIFA and someone having someone stood behind you. You, took, you spoke about it there in Berlin that Salzar almost took on the, the coach role for you. As a player, how important is it for you to have someone behind you just to tell you to hype you up or to calm you down in certain situations? Uh, I think it's very important, um, but for me I think it has to be um, a pro player because um, they see things that you don't see as a player in-game um, because like if you play against someone and you seem to rush too much forward and you don't um, you are not calm enough they will always tell you uh, during half time hey watch out you're rushing too much play a little bit more calm and stuff and um, and this is really what helps you uh, because I don't think um, like Benedict, uh, Moa Bamiang, all the German guys who were uh, there in Berlin um, always had my back and they all now uh, know what kind of playstyle I am able to play, uh, what kind of skill moves I am able to pull off and um, yeah that's what's very important for me because they can help me um, very very much. So obviously Stark Esports, you know, a massive organization uh, now and obviously you're a part of the Mans Wolfsburg. They look after a number of other pro players and football clubs um, as well. Obviously Zebo behind it and a number of other names that I probably haven't mentioned. What have Stark done for you and what do you think of Stark uh, as an organisation? Ah, um, so for me Stark uh, gave me the opportunity to play for Wolfsburg because without them uh, I wouldn't be able to um, to join them like two years ago almost and um, yeah they are just doing a lot of great stuff um, for the FIFA community in Germany and uh, international in general because um, yeah they are giving so many players opportunities to do um, the things through FIFA in life um, that they want because they made it possible for me to do FIFA as a full-time job and uh, same for Benedict and um, yeah they um, just founded um, the new team uh, Focus which is um, a new FIFA team um, and they signed three players I think and um, yeah they are in um, connection with uh, Basel, Bochum, Stuttgart and a lot of different clubs and for me um, they are the perfect uh, agency or organization because I just really love um, the guys working there and um, I'm often there in their office because it's just like a one hour drive for me so um, yeah I just love to hang out with them because they are cool guys and they really um, do their job very good yeah all the guys who I've, I've met at Stark have uh, been really nice to both myself and Brandon uh, one of the final questions for me Timo since you've been at Wolfsburg, um, outside of FIFA, what are some of the, the best experiences that you've had with the club Wolfsburg? Have you had any good opportunities to meet any players, uh, tickets to any games? Um, well, we had one amazing uh, thing, which is um, we went to um training session with um, the team in Miami. So um, 
Um, they went there to play some tournaments and uh, just train during winter break. And um, yeah, we could have we've been able to hang out with them and yeah, just come with them to Miami, which um, was very insane for us. Uh, we've been there for 10 days and uh, we've we did a lot of crazy things like surfing and um, football challenges with the pro players and um, yeah, just very amazing things and which I'm very thankful for um, and I hope that we will have some more uh, situations like that in the future. And do you think as well that, you know, at times, you, you, I don't know if you, you know you pinch yourself and other players do, um, do you feel like you're not far off feeling like a professional football player? I know you're a professional FIFA player, but obviously it's both a football game, one's virtual, one's football, and the way you get treated at Wolfsburg... You know, do you have many fans come up to you for pictures and stuff or, or you're not at that level yet? Um, yeah, we are slowly getting um, to this kind of level. Of course, when you see, um, for example, Gerhard standing there and me, of course, the fans will most likely go to Gerhard and ask, ask him for a picture and not me. But um, of course, there are a lot of fans um, message, messaging me and Benedict and also Dave every day. Uh, asking um, for games and asking for photos and um, yeah we are treated like we are footballers as well which I uh, really enjoy um, because yeah we they just give us a good feeling um, as a team and as our managers and yeah that's just perfect one last thing to talk about as well obviously as you said back the talking back to Gfinity there was maybe three to four hundred people that were entering these tournaments now in foot champions, we're getting, you know, maybe six million, maybe even more, as Richard's saying. What have you made of EA Sports, you know, moving into esports in the last two years, you know, with the foot champions uh, coming into it? Do you think that's been, you know, the real driving force of FIFA esports now? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, foot champions has been a game changer, of course, because um, it's hard for people to sign up for tournaments because. Um, they are always pretty um, hided somewhere in the internet and with food champions everyone uh, sees the food champions uh, thing every day after uh, yeah, starting ultimate team and that's just um, helping EA sports um, to get more players connected with esports and um, of course also helping the pro players because uh, if there are more players competing the price money will raise and um, that's what makes it possible for me to be a full-time FIFA player. And to anyone out there that wants to get into FIFA esports, you know, for me, <laughs> I think it, I think for me, it's a perfect time for any you know guy to get into esports because if you look how it's growing, it's going vertically up, um, yeah. and and it, you know it's growing masses um, and leaps every single day. What advice, in a, in a few words, would you give to someone that wants to get involved uh, in in FIFA? I think um, playing foot champions is um, the best way to become a professional FIFA player because there are some guys um, who are qualifying for events now which have been uh, gold two or gold three players um, one year ago after foot champions started and now they are constantly in the top 100 so through foot champions um, progressing your game style is very easy because you have 40 games every week and you can try out new things every week and um, yeah this is just a perfect mode to step up your gameplay and yeah get some routine in your um, 
weekends as well. Uh, thank you, <coughs> thank you very much for taking the uh, time out of your busy schedule to come on. Um, just one tip for uh, the player who maybe is uh, maybe elite two, elite three, elite one, wanting to get into the top one hundred. What would be your one tip, Timo's tip, to uh, get into that top one hundred? Um, I think playing every game um, as if it's the last game is the best tip I can give because that's what I do. I try to lose uh, no games um, during the weekend league, which um, yeah makes it makes the weekend league even harder because you have to focus um, to one hundred percent every weekend. Um, but that's what helps you to get more wins. Um, so if you're an elite one player which means you have six losses during um, the weekend. I think that every Elite One player is also able to be in the top 100 because uh, all of these six losses um, are avoidable. Um, because if you focus 150% during um, the games you lost, I think you wouldn't have lost. So take every game serious, uh, serious and um, give everything and then I think everyone can be a top 100 player. Thank you very much, uh, Timo. Tim Ox, obviously from Wolfsburg uh, in Germany, a very high-profile and talented uh, German FIFA player. He says, play every single game as if it's your last of 150%. A massive thank you uh, for coming on, Timo. Richard, it's been a pleasure, mate. Another good week for the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for the support, Sean. Last week on the uh, podcast with Chewboy, you can... Find all the podcasts on our uh, social media sites if you want to go back and have a listen to what someone said. Of course you can indeed. If you have just discovered us uh, on the podcast, uh, you could say Avenue. Uh, we are the Foot Champions podcast. Uh, we upload every single week with a top 100 pro from all around the world. Let us know in the comments below uh, and on Twitter as well, at FootChampsPod on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag FootChampsPod to get involved as well, who you want to see on the podcast next week. We try and keep it relevant. We try and keep it uh, in sync with the qualification process. As you know, we are in February qualifying month right now, so let us know who you want to get on. Uh, drop a like, subscribe for more, and until next time, enjoy your weekend league, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. If you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to at Foot Champions Pod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also while I've got you, why not check out this podcast's more casual older brother, the Foot Weekly Podcast, for in-depth reviews, team of the week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. Thank <laughs> you.